0: Business owner looking for real advice and input, you're in the right place from concept to launch to growth, funding, and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million, the other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And I'm back. Another episode of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy here live from Cebu with. Episode three of the Corona Diaries. That's right, people. It's getting weird. Well, you know, there's a whole lot of different stuff that we've all had to think about as entrepreneurs and business owners. I'm trying to share my story as I am at the full scale office in Cebu City. Well, I shouldn't say I'm at the full scale office. I'm at a hotel across the street from the full scale office. Why at a hotel across the street? Well, we sent the employees home. This is something that any and all businesses are going to have to start wrapping their arms around. We are preparing for a world full of quarantine. And what does that even mean? Well, it means that we're going to have to start socially distancing ourselves. We're going to have to remove ourselves from other people. This isn't something that I personally have experienced in the past. I can't say that I've ever had to quarantine myself from anything. I'm not used to the whole idea of social distancing. In fact, I'm about as social of a creature as you can find. On many days, now, some businesses are going to be well equipped for this, and others aren't. You're going to be faced with the question of should you send your employees home. The answer is yes, and you and honestly, you probably will be forced to. Um, some businesses as I mentioned will be well equipped for this. So I'll give you an example. At full scale, we decided a couple of years ago when we started the business that we were going to give all of our employees laptops. We did this for a number of different reasons. Uh, I'd love to tell you that we had thought so far in advance that if a world pandemic had come by, we would have the ability to mobilize our workforce, but we did have somewhat of a disaster scenario in mind. Um, Well, A, the laptops made uh, the company equipment a little more attractive. It gave us the ability to be mobile around the office, switch desks easily, but the Philippines is also made of 7,100 different islands. Therefore, we felt that the close nature to it and the fact that typhoons occurred here could create some kind of disruption and force us into a, a remote, remote work environment. <clears throat> well, that's basically what's happened. The virus has going is going to put us all on an island within our own home. So that said, we've got a different working scenario. So this is going to create some issues because you're going to have other questions to answer. And once again, the whole purpose of the Corona Diaries is to share my and our experience. And hopefully you will find it helpful in your world as well. It's one thing to tell people that they have to go work from home. It's another question of should we allow access to our office and our facilities? Hmm. Is that really something we should have to think out? Yeah, it is. It's a it's a realistic possibility. You're going to find yourself in a situation <clears throat> where you are going to have to potentially lock down your office, lock down your facilities, and are you even able to really do that effectively? Yes, that's right. That is a real question. Are you able to effectively secure your facilities? And why is that a re- a reasonable question? Who has keys? Who has access? Do you have shared workspaces? Who can get in there? Are you going to be secure? These are all questions. These are real questions right now, people. You have to get, give consideration to who has access to your stuff, who has access to your things. I'll give you an example. We went through this at full scale uh, just le- just last week amidst the the beginning of the panic and world realization of how serious this really was. We use biometric scanning, fingerprints to let people in. That's never something we've had to have serious remote access to. What do I mean by remote? Like the ability to turn someone on and turn someone off and do it from a location that wasn't the office. Uh, we're used to having people there. We have 190 employees and you know they come in, they come out. Now we had to create a whole... Bit uh, a whole bunch of different protocol and understanding to be able to access the system from remote. And then who would we allow access to and who we wouldn't? So we had a number of our employees voice to me that they had a strong desire to continue coming to work. Why? They didn't have internet at home. And in North America, this isn't something that we consider a whole lot, but here in the Philippines, There isn't as robust of an infrastructure that allows for things such as, you know, internet at home and sometimes things like water. And I know that sounds nuts if you're listening in North America, but that's a reality here. So it was a tough decision for me, but I realized that we had to be firm and decisive with our course of action because we had to prevent people from potentially bringing the virus into work. Now, we began to look at our own policy and discuss how we would be able to grant access, how we wouldn't. Really, what we came down with is I ended up having all of our employees. Now, every every single one of our employees has, lap, has a laptop, but here we have lockers that you can put your laptops in, and many of our employees do not take their equipment home. They're used to be able to just come back to the office, they grab it there. Some of them are insecure about taking the equipment home with them because, well, it's a different world here. You know, They're afraid they're going to lose it, and a $1,000 laptop is a completely different asset here, and it's a lot more expensive as the pay rates are a little different. So we let uh, we really and strongly encouraged and even in some situations required people to take stuff home. The company created an assurance guarantee where we would take responsibility for the value or the equipment itself. that get, that reinstilled or restored confidence, in our employees when it came to managing the equipment. Um, And then we basically told them, hey, look, we do not know if the building itself will lock down at some point. This is a strong possibility. Now, something else I haven't experienced, Cebu has placed a curfew. That's right, we have a curfew here in Cebu and it started on March 16th, which is the day that I'm recording this. Oh man. What a weird feeling. Now, this curfew goes from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. That is a huge problem here in a country that largely thrives from call centers and works in an opposing time shifts. If you come to our office here, you will often feel like you're in backwards world because at seven in the morning or five in the morning, it feels like three o'clock on a Wednesday in most places in the US. Why? Well, there's a completely different set of everything here. Like the uh, everything is, like I said, it feels backwards. It uh, 13 hours of time zone difference makes a big change in your schedule and your structure. Anyway, back to access to the office. Now, we had to begin to look at all of the short, medium, and long-term f- effects of COVID-19 on our business. Now, full scale's in the business of providing service for other people. I mentioned that we're fairly well set up for remote access. But these short, medium, and long-term effects are pretty pronounced. And a lot of you are getting ready to experience it this yourself with the business. As I continue to get through day by day of this, I realize yet another type of industry or another type of business that is more or less going to be put on hold due to social distancing. And once again, that is getting ready to be a reality for a little bit. Now, the social distancing thing, who knows how long that's going to last. The only thing that we have the ability to look at and compare to is what's going on in China right now. The encouraging thing is that China is actually beginning to open up for business again. Now, they're in their two and a half months after that. In the US, we are in the infancy of this, and it's likely that the worst times have yet to be seen. Now, your business is going to see a decrease in traffic, and with that, you should do what you can to see a decrease in expenses. The short-term effects are not going to be pretty, folks. They are going to be severe. Many businesses are not set up for an immediate reduction in revenue, and they're going to be forced to figure out how to get through that. I'll give you an example. Today, I was sitting there. Well, I'll give you an example that's even stronger. It's St. Patrick's Day. How many people are going to be drinking green beer? Not many. That's gonna have an effect on cab drivers, it's gonna have an effect on restaurants, it's gonna have an effect on bars. Now, let's say that you aren't drinking green beer and you're in the business of owning a gym. How many people do you think are in it right now? There are gonna be questions, they're gonna see a lot of churn, a lot of people turning off expenses. You know, my kids go to preschool. I had to talk to my wife, I had to say, you better pull them out. Why? Because not only are they not gonna be able to go to school right now. I have to quarantine myself when I get back to the United States. Hadn't really considered that until recently. And I, that's going to result in my family having to quarantine themselves. So I had to call my wife and I had to tell her to go to the store and prepare to prepare for that and start preparing for it and keep preparing for it. It was a very weird feeling since the, I, I told you I would be very candid and open in the diaries, I also had to tell her where my doomsday bag is. That's right, people. I have a doomsday bag. Many people do. It's filled with all kinds of weird emergency stuff in the event that something crazy happened. I created this bag a long time ago, actually, when there were tornadoes in Oklahoma City. And I saw The city's infrastructure get knocked to its knees and people were without water or power for seven to 10 days, um, which is another form of forced quarantine. I'd also lived in North Carolina during hurricanes. Um, I've seen cities and municipalities without the ability to have water and power. And it gets weird. Um, Fortunately, we have that infrastructure now. Let's hope it doesn't get to that. So in regards to the short, medium, and long-term effects, uh, as I mentioned in episode two, you're going to find that you have uh, suddenly decreased revenue. And with that, you're going to have some tough questions because many of you, that revenue is cyclical and you need it to pay your ongoing expenses, which is going to bring up tough questions about how and when and where, or if you can even pay your employees, I would expect some government assistance to be rolling through. The problem is, is how quickly is it going to come? Uh, Last week, the government did create some stimulus packages. I don't know the details of those. Um, There will be some emergency assistance through things like SBA and disaster relief, which is basically what that is. You might want to look into it. You might want to get really aggressive with it. Um, Right now at the full-scale office, our COO is burning up the phone lines to try to figure out how, when, and where we get our arms around that. You may have credit lines. Do not go with the assumption that those will exist soon. Um, Many of the entities that lend money are going to be forced into a situation where they either have to lend money or where they are going to be extremely cautious because many of the loans and the ability that they felt their the people borrowing their borrowers had is going to be constrained. So, all of that said, back to the back to the whole uh uh planning for your business. Now, do you have a basic or advanced continuity plan and what is that? Your continuity plan, as I mentioned in a prior episode, is your survival plan. And a basic continuity plan is just as a a simple understanding of what and how you should do certain things. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit, I certainly did not have one for viral contagion. Our continuity plans were based more around simple things, um, short-term disruptions in operating, Now, I said the Philippines is an island nation and our main operations are here. So we were quite honestly concerned more so with typhoons, Um, just general climate change issues. So we hadn't ever really considered anything around this. So we have had to call an emergency meeting of our management. I'm having that today now. Many of it hits a 1 p.m. meeting and many of our managers have had to leave their homes at 9 a.m. in order to make it on time. Why? There's health checkpoints. Think about that. Health checkpoints on the way to work. Um, they will not let people in and out of Cebu without passing through these health checkpoints. They're going to check the temperature and looking for symptoms of coronavirus. What a weird reality, right? Now, That's something else that within a a continuity plan, you have to start giving consideration to. Can I or my employees even access our facility? Now, I mentioned that you have to give some consideration to how and who can access. What if you can't even access the facility? What do you do? Realistically, on many levels, for some of you, you are probably better off to lock your place down, work remote and just take this on a day-by-day or week-by-week basis. At full scale, this particular week, we are doing exactly that. We have sent all non-essential employees home. We have told people, if you have the ability to work from home, I need you to do it. Now, that said, that's not as easy for everyone as possible. In an advanced continuity plan, you begin looking for the things that are going to have some distance between now and whenever it is that you're planning. What do you do if, and you got to start considering what do you do if your revenue has dried up? Where do you make tough decisions? People are going to have to be put, are going to be put in a spot where they're going to have to start considering what happens if they can't pay their employees. This is a very, very likely scenario. And this is where the ripple effect economically from this virus really gets serious. So, you know, a continuity plan is going to be a little bit different for all of you. you. Google is a great resource. You can find templates. You can find things. Now, look, it's kind of a scary thing to build because it's, I mentioned the the term the rabbit hole. And you're going to jump down this rabbit hole at some point and you are going to begin to understand that it's nasty. Um, nasty how? It's nasty in a way that you are going to have to ask yourself and be faced with a lot of the questions that you probably and didn't like to or want to answer about your business. And that's really challenging. You know, it's it's scary, it doesn't feel good, it's not it's not a situa- it's not pleasant, but it's something that you need and have to do. So the next part of your overall plan and what you have to start considering is when you send your employees into a remote work environment or you're, quote, quarantined yourself, how are you going to communicate in a way that is effective or in a way that makes sense or any of it? So, you know, video conferencing is probably an industry that's booming right now. I would imagine if you use if, if the people at Zoom are in a zoom equals boom right now because they are probably thriving. Um, We have never been in a day and age where we've had a better ability to work remote. So we have that going for us right now. You have Skype, zoom, all kinds of things, even things like FaceTime are built into our phones. We're able to do that. That is a good way to deal with communication. Now, While you're creating your continuity plan, you need to build some kind of basic or you need to improve your security and your communication protocol. If and when do we call who about what? You need to begin to be careful about how you distribute information across your company. Who can do it? What triggers certain kinds of announcements? And when do you need to be notified? For example, if one of your employees is showing symptoms of COVID-19, you need to ask them to notify you, at which point you need to go back and figure out if they have created or exposed other people at the business to the virus. Why? You have a responsibility to let other people know that. This is not optional, people. If your employees have exposed each other to COVID-19, you need to tell them. Now, have you created a meaningful or specific COVID-19 policy? What I just mentioned would have been part of that. How are you going to plan it? Have you exposed each other? Have you exposed people if you get it? How do you deal with communicating that to others? How do you deal with communicating it to your vendors? Any of it, you have to create a COVID-19 policy. Now, in regards to communication with vendors, this is something many of you and probably all of you started receiving emails from all kinds of things people you've done business with this is going to be similar to when or you know you got the sort of getting the privacy policy update note notifi- notifications I can't remember what the what the uh, uh, the event the change in policy was in Europe that I, it, it Watson knows because he had to go through a whole bunch of crap to get it straight but you have to start letting your vendors know at full scale, We had to do exactly that. We had to create, I have had to create a couple different announcements that let our clients know that we were going to be changing the way that we were doing business, that we had to send our employees to go work remote, that they were going to still be available. But at the same time, there might be a need to change the way that they were doing things in order to, you know, accommodate. I mentioned earlier, not everyone in the Philippines has high speed Internet. They may have Internet that could reduce the ability to do things like a video call. So you have to prepare your vendors, your clients and your employees to all be able to communicate. So I mentioned, how do you communicate with your employees? Many of you are already set up and ready to do this. It might require a slight change in your operating procedure, but you need to write this down. You need to make it known to everybody how, when, where, and why you're going to do specific things. So, yeah, that's right. This is all really, really enlightening stuff. Now, I will tell you, I've done all of this myself at full scale, and man, you know, it starts to get overwhelming. So, um so overwhelming to the part that you know back in you know that around the 12th or 13th of March I was really starting to it was starting to weigh on me and I was looking at 20 hour days 24 like in one case I had one day I didn't even sleep and I'm just sitting there and I'm grinding away I'm grinding away at this stuff because Knowing that if any of it was needed or it came up on a real time basis, my ability to create it and reply or respond you know it I'm telling you right now when you're dealing with disaster relief and disaster planning type stuff, you know you've got ten other things going if you have to stop what you're doing and create a policy or create a document or write any a correspondence it starts to feel like it's crushing you. Yeah, that's right. It's a simple email can feel overwhelming because you've got nine other things going on. In my case, I had a whole lot of people asking me questions about what we we're doing, how we we're doing it, and so on. So, you know, these are things that you you really need to, you know, you really start, need to start planning for. Now, One of the things that I think we have yet to really see and understand are potential supply chain disruptions. Um, Now, I'm in the software business, and in my case, my supply chain begins with the labor that our staff and people provide for our clients. That can be disrupted for a number of different reasons. Just this morning, I received a notification from one of our employees who was stuck outside of a city lockdown, meaning he's not able to get back into Cebu, or at least not easily. And he notified us that that could take up to two weeks. Why did he leave Cebu during that time period? Well, where he's at suddenly didn't have water. So you're going to see that during this time of lockdown, a lot of people are going to not be available or accessible in the places that you normally expect them to be. That's going to affect your entire supply chain and if your supply, if you are part of that supply chain for other people, you owe it to them to let them know when and how you might find interruptions. Now, the interruptions from supply chain are not always immediate. We noticed it with the toilet paper thing and people have been making a big deal out of that on Facebook. The reason that the toilet paper, once again, that toilet paper was in short supply was it wasn't something that our quote supply chain kept stocked up. It's not a high margin product. It's usually predictable as far as how much of it people are going to buy. Now, most of our stuff is manufactured in China and China begins that supply chain on a whole lot of days and in a whole lot of ways. And that is going to create a problem that we are just about to see. Certain levels of inventory, of raw materials, of stuff like that go up, go down, and then are not available. These things are going to start becoming a little more apparent in the US, and then they are going to be coupled by our own ability to move stuff. Now, how are we supposed to get things from here to there and fill stock shelves and do stuff like that while the whole country is under quarantine? That's a good question. I don't have an answer to that, but that's going to affect everything we do. So hopefully, and that's why it's important that you and yourself, you and your employees go ahead and lock down. The sooner we stop socially interacting with each other and we can begin to stop the spread of the virus the sooner we can get over it. Now that said, we're going to have a lot of people that are just going to thumb their nose at this and that's going to be problematic. Um, Now, you know, the the supply chain itself is going to, I, I don't even have enough time to get into the myriad of ways that it could affect all of us, but expect it to create problems. And if you want to do a good job talking to your clients and talking to your employees, you need to begin to start figuring that out. Um, Don't assume that anything, any type of anything is going to be easily or readily available for you. Okay, what kind of decisions, actions and communications are your priority? That's the next thing you're going to have to start figuring out. I mentioned earlier that when it came to making certain decisions in real time, you're going to have to do that. But if you've created adequate contingency or continuity planning, you've at least began to think about it and don't make the mistake of trying to figure this all out in real time. You have to start thinking about some of it ahead of time. And the problem is, is for me, it started stacking up over and on top of every decision, on top of other decisions, on top of more decisions. I got a bunch of people asking me questions and that's where it honestly started feeling overwhelming. Um, making the decisions for this kind of stuff is—it's a challenge, and it's something that you're going to have to start to begin to believe, like is—is—is is, is reality. And with that reality, you have to learn to take priority. Now, the priority always should exist with the safety and security of not only yourself but the people that work at your business. So you're going to have to make decisions that include that as the top priority. And you're going to have to really shove a lot of stuff off to the side. That's that's a likely scenario. Um, if it doesn't have a majorly pressing concern right now, then it can wait. Um, I like to say if the building's not on fire, you shouldn't be rushing for buckets of water. Yet again, something else that you have to begin to experience. Now, Look, the situation with whether or not you lock down your business, whether you change your policies about communication, stuff like that, that's up to you. You might need to do it. You might not. This is going to be easier for some of you. You might have one or two employees, and that reduces the level of complexity. For me, I have 190 global employees. They work in three different countries, and that became a lot more complex. People working in different time zones, people with different levels of accessibility, And, you know, that this is something that is going to be a challenge and I'm going to keep you updated on. As I mentioned, I've got an emergency managers meeting scheduled today where I'm going to sit down with the leadership and management of our company and begin to decide who, what, where and when and why we do specific things. I don't have all the answers to that. I'm going to try to get other people at the business to give me their input on that and try to figure out what the priorities are. Anyway, I will very much let you know how that all went as I'm done with it. Thanks again for joining me for part three of the Corona Diaries. I have never wanted more than anything else to not have to record specific episodes. Hopefully this was helpful and hopefully we can get back to normal business soon. Thanks.